How are you able to punch back? I mean, our team's relentless. Uh, we had great performances uh, by Austin Grouse on the mound, and uh, our offense just keeps going. We pass it along one guy to the next guy. We had 19 hits yesterday. We had another 19 today. The Bulls' offense is uh, it's bar to none. We compete, and uh, that's what we do. We get things rolling. We pass it to the next guy. Line drive by Bettencourt. That ball's hit well to left center field. It's got some carry. It's gone. Raphael Bettencourt. Lines that ball. Oh, Grouse catches it. That was good defense. One and two to Monkey. Oh, and he smashes that ball. The wind could help in this situation. Plumley is so fast, but he's not going to get there. Stone off the eighth. Oh, Marcus Cordell starts it in style. Lines it deep to right, and that is out of here. Five in the ninth, and that is a chopper that scoops through the middle. Two runs will score. It's nine to seven. Rosenblum having a day. Down two. Mayo lines that one, and that could get down. It does. They're going to go ahead and send home the next run, and it's nine to eight. Rodell scores easily, oh, and this is unbelievable. Five straight hits for the Bulls. Tied now, Eric Snow lines it, hits the first base back. That's a lead for the Bulls right there. Mayo will come home easily, and it's 10 to nine. Eric Snow whacked it off the first base back. A huge RBI knock. Here's going from first, Brutcher drives it through the right side of the infield. Here's another run for you, an RBI single. And it's 11-9. Two away. Curveball over to second base. Bobby Bozer fields it. Throws to first, and the Bulls win it. All right, welcome to this episode of the It's Brewing at McEwen podcast. We're here uh, recording on the night of January 24th, 2024. Uh, We are 23 days away from opening day, which is going to feature an exciting weekend against three perennial top 50 college baseball teams here in Tampa. So we're pretty excited about that. But uh, we just wanted to put another show out. And our idea for this show was to put out some, some to the fans asking for questions. Does anybody have any questions about the upcoming season? And we actually got some good questions on Twitter, now X, and also on Instagram. So we're going to break down some of those questions. I'm here with... Uh, Two of my co-hosts, Adam Cartwright and John Kaplan. Um, so we're each going to give our takes on these different questions. And uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, we'll get into it. So the first question that I thought was a pretty pretty good question was, who do you who do you see uh, on the current Bulls roster uh, having a breakout season in 2024? And for me, I think of that as somebody who has been on the team for at least a year or two and who maybe hasn't been able to play that much or maybe hasn't played up to their potential yet, but it feels like it's about that time that they're going to break through. Um, so with that, I'll uh, I'll kick it to uh, Adam uh, to start us off. Yeah, when I think of breakout seasons, I'm looking at Matt Rose, uh, sophomore, didn't really get a lot of playing time as a freshman, so obviously the numbers didn't really – I mean, it, it reflected that, you know, uh, that he was very limited in his opportunities. However, uh, he batted just under 400, and for his summer league uh, up in Gainesville, uh, we saw that carry over into the fall. So I just really believe he's going to be a, a spark plug in that lineup. Uh, it's gonna, I think he can hit over 300 uh, over the course of the season. Uh, really play a pretty good defense at third. 
Uh, again, that's who I'm looking at when I think in terms of a breakout. I think that that's a good one. And I think all he really needs is a extended opportunity. And I think that he definitely seems, he seems to have earned that through performing really well in the fall. Um, yeah. Every time I saw him in the fall, he was getting a hit. So um, I'll kick it to, uh, kick it to John. Um, for my breakout, I yeah. am going to do a position player and a pitcher. Um I will start with my position player. Um, I'm, I'm, this may sound weird to our listeners calling him a breakout, but um, I believe that Jackson Mayo is going to have a breakout season this year. Um, his stats dipped a little bit uh, from 2022, his freshman year, to 2023 last year. Um, batting average dropped from 265 to 189. He only had five home runs. Um had 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 some struggles in the field, you know, but I hear that uh, he, well, I know he's having a great fall, just tearing the cover off the ball, getting his confidence back. And um, I think that if we can solidify him as our everyday center fielder, that's only going to, um, that's only going to add to that confidence level, you know, every day knowing that it's your position coming in routine wise and things like that. Um, he's a great player. Um, I'd like to see him see more pitches. You know, his on-base percentage is a little bit low. I'd like to get those walk numbers up. But um, where he does the most damage is with his bat. So I'm really excited to see what he can do this year um, as a core member of our offensive lineup as our and defensive, for that matter. But uh, pitching-wise, I'm going to go uh, with Jackson Cothran. Um, I don't know what his role is going to be as of yet. Um, but I could see him anywhere from, you know, midweek starter to, uh, a, a key cog in our, in our middle to late inning bullpens. Um, he's got control of four pitches. He's, um, his velos there, you know, still around 92 to 93. Um, and I know for certain that, um, he's looking forward to not getting swept by Memphis this year, so we're probably going to make them feel really bad about themselves, hopefully. Um, no, but I'm going with Jackson Cothman for my breakout uh, pitcher. Okay, I like that. I think um, – you have any thoughts on, on those, Adam? Uh, no, I just I, – I agree with John. I think both of them have that potential. Uh, again, you've seen Mayo kind of have those streaks where he just gets really hot and really, and really tears the cover off the ball, and I think – he really is primed to be in a position to maybe kind of carry it out and, and find that, that that secret sauce, as you will. You can kind of keep it going throughout the whole season. And maybe it is just about that confidence, about going in, knowing you're the center fielder, the, that guy that's going to be out there every day to just kind of get that going. Um, so, yeah, I just disagree with you on that one. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, actually, if you look at Jackson's career at USF, this will be his third year. His first year, he actually got more playing time, and his uh, production was at a higher level. And last year, uh, whether it was a mix of um, injuries or just whatever was going on, I'm not sure, but he didn't play quite as much. Um, and, and, and his numbers kind of dropped off, you know, not being able to get into that everyday rhythm. So if he could start the year in the everyday center field and get off to a good start and just hold that position throughout the whole year, um, production should be good because he, he, even as a freshman, I think he hit like eight or nine home runs, which not many. Nine. Yeah, nine home runs. So yeah, not many freshmen that are coming in to do that. Um, but yeah, so those are some good, good, good calls. Um, so I think my breakout player for this year is going to be uh, a pitcher. 
And I'm, I'm looking at the sophomore pitcher, Chandler Dorsey. Uh, in his first year with the Bulls last year, he, he showcased a lot of upside. Um, he's, I believe he hit 95 or 96 on, on the radar gun. And uh, he's got a really good mound presence, very physical, big guy. Um, had some really good moments. He closed out the win on the road at UF. And throughout the season, he kind of was in different roles and had some ups and downs. But I got to see him in the fall, and he really looks like a much more confident pitcher. He looks like he has more experience, and he just seems like he's ready to actually pitch to his abilities and and do that for a full season. Uh, I'm pretty confident that he's going to have a big role in the back end of the bullpen, whether that be setup man or closer or splitting closer duties. Um, just being able to come in with that velocity and also some of the secondary pitches he can throw. Um, I think, I think he's going to have a, a really big year for, for the bulls. So I'm pretty excited to see what he, what he does. But uh, yeah. So the next question that we had is who do you think is going to be the biggest impact newcomer? Um, so this has to be somebody who is either a, a freshman or somebody that transferred in and it's going to be their first year with the Bulls. So, Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I'm looking at a freshman pitcher, uh, Logan Beavis. Uh, you know, you talk about with, with Dorsey's stature. I mean, this kid's going to come in at 18 years old, standing about 6'5", 220. Six, uh, I, I don't know the height exactly, but uh, he, he's going to be in that range. Uh, so he's going to – Again, he's going to have that mound presence. Uh, I looked at his senior year at Mount Verde. He struck out somewhere around 74, 75 hitters in about 52 innings. So a uh, high strikeout guy. Um, does he does he work his way into the starting, you know, into the rotation somewhere? I, I think it's possible. I think we see him as a, as a Sunday or a midweek uh, starter, but I also think it's possible we see him kind of come in in that one of those late innings or one of those long relief uh Coming in, maybe the the six need to get us to the eighth type situation. Uh, come in, and get nine out. Um, I could see him in that role as well. Again, all of those are kind of roles we're going to need to fill uh, to, to kind of have the type of successful season that we're going to need. Uh, so I think you could we could see him thrive in something like that. Yeah, it's it's exciting to think that a, a freshman could come in and potentially earn a spot in the in the rotation or, or play a big role like that but he has the tools yeah and you know it's, it's crazy but it's nowhere kind of weird to kind of make this relation but i look at you look at lsu when they won the national title the the last pitcher they put in was a, a freshman you know because that's where they were they were that depleted and so you look at when you get into tournament uh you know tournament times those are the guys who you're gonna have to turn to at some point in a high level next and up you know, and so, uh, again, I think he can really kind of come in and do it during the year and then kind of be at a, at a higher level when we're really going to need it in a high leverage situation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you can't you can't coach uh, some of the abilities that he has. Uh, I, I was able to sit behind home plate uh, during the fall and watch his uh, some of his pitches and his – I'll call it a sweeper breaking ball because I think the the planes vary, but yeah. man, that thing just that thing dances um, way off the plate, that's the and uh, of the month, you know, that's what everybody's everybody's going to these days is that sweeper. We see uh, uh, Kirkering doing it on the pro level. Yeah. 
but that's yeah well that's a, maybe a little hint to what we'll talk about later <laughs> but um but yeah um yeah i'm really impressed with him as well so that's that's going to be a, an exciting newcomer uh john do you have a newcomer um yeah i'm gonna go with uh <clears throat> a transfer redshirt senior uh dom madonna uh he came over from unf and he posted his best year as uh redshirt junior for them last season he was eight and three six and two in conference play um and i i just think that he's going to round off our weekend rotation uh with uh mink and siebert um i i uh i know that he's got the velo um the command he's got control of three pitches that i know of um and i i just i think that he's he's got the frame he's got the stuff um, I've talked to him a little bit. He's got the mentality and he's ready to, uh, he's ready to claim that spot. Yeah. I think it's really nice that we were able to pick up, uh, an experienced starting pitcher, you know, especially given that that was last year's main, one of the main, our main problems was a pitching rotation for the weekend. And he was uh, named to the third team, all a son, uh, last year as well. That's worth noting. Definitely. So now we actually have two guys who were all conference pitchers in the potential starting rotation. You count Jack Siebert, who was all conference for AAC. So that that's nice because it's nice to know we have two guys who have proven that they can do it at this level. And uh, there's, there's definitely plenty of guys who could also end up proving that this year, um, as we've talked about. But um, I have a newcomer in mind for from from my end. Um, I'm thinking uh, Jaden Ross, the transfer outfielder uh, from Hudson Valley Community College. He's actually originally from Tampa, but um, he uh, he didn't. I guess he didn't have an opportunity to play somewhere in Florida out of um, high school, but he ended up going to Long Island, New York, or upstate New York, and put up really big numbers. I think he stole like over 50 bases over two years, um, batted over 300, even played in a summer league this past summer and put up big numbers there, made the all-star team for that league. Um, I got to see him in the fall and uh, he's as good as advertised, you know, like he, he, he his game definitely backs up the numbers and um, he's fast and he can make contact and he even has a, a really strong arm that I saw him showcase in the outfield as well. So uh, he's an exciting, exciting addition. And uh, this is going to be a pretty stacked lineup. We already have a lot of returning players in the lineup. Uh, so it's going to be a hard lineup to crack and get earn an everyday role unless you're really established. But uh, I think he's somebody that, that will do that. So, all right, we'll kick it to our next segment or our, our next uh, question. Um we we're also asked, what are you most excited about for this upcoming season? And uh, Adam, I'll let you start that. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm most excited to watch Drew Brutcher kind of play out his, his senior year here. Uh, you see that he's got the 34 career home runs, puts him six, tied for six with the all-time list. He's got an opportunity to kind of climb that list before it's all said and done. Uh, but you really just want to see him kind of provide that veteran leadership and kind of lead this team that he's kind of grinded out with over the last three years kind of into that 
into that you know tournament success that we we know we can we can do we kind of get back into maybe a spot where uh, we we found him that freshman year in Texas where they got an opportunity to really make an impact in a big spot in the super regional would be awesome but um that's kind of what I would be most excited to watch for this season. I I I love that because you know I think in some cases we didn't even know if we would have a fourth year of Drew Bircher. Um, and, and now we have that and, uh, you compliment a guy who's been with the program for three years and now is fourth with, uh, you know, some really dynamic young players that had huge years last season. Um, I think that's, that's, that's definitely pretty exciting. Um, John, what, what do you, what do you think? Um, I think I'm excited to see our, uh, all conference middle infield if, uh, if if everything pans out to you know what we're hearing, um, I would love to see um, Bozer and and Snow up the middle. I think that's going to be really exciting. Uh, I mean, you can play Bozer anywhere, and he's going to be Gold Glove caliber. You know, the dude's a freak athlete, and we saw what Eric Snow could do. Um, I think both of them are all conference favorites, um, and for good reason on both sides of the ball. Um, and I'm just really excited to see how they mesh up the middle, you know, because if you can close the middle, man, a lot of things can happen. And uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I, I like that. I think that is also definitely one of the most exciting elements of our team is you have guys that are, well, Snow is only going to be a sophomore. Those are a junior that made all conference, gotten lots of accolades and honors already. Um, Snow being reigning defensive player of the year in the conference. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, for me, I'm actually most excited to see our pitching staff uh, under new leadership, uh, the new look pitching staff. Um, our prior pitching coach for the last two years, Carson Whitson, is now at FIU. And so the pitching staff now has uh, new leadership. Um, is actually being head by our head coach, Billy Mole, and that's where his background uh, is and he was the pitching coach at USF uh, before he became the head coach. So I'm excited to see uh, Coach Mole taking on that extra responsibility of working with the pitchers and seeing what impact that's going to have on the season as it, as it plays out. So I think that'd be pretty cool. I'm upset we're not going to get to face <clears throat> Witt's pitching staff at FIU this season. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're not on the schedule at the moment. Uh-uh. I was looking forward to that. I thought I saw them on the schedule, but they weren't. What up, Coach Witt, if you're listening? <laughs> okay, so the last question that we got uh, from the fans was regarding uh, pitching staff and just wondering how's the pitching staff looking in general? What are our thoughts on pitching staff? And I'll kick that one to to John. Um, I'm, I am cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, uh, 11.7 or just released an article uh, that projected us in the top 25 of uh, mid-major teams. And um, a lot of that is because of how much returning talent we have, both at, at different positions, but especially at pitcher, we have a bullpen full of potential. And we have, I would say, three to four qualified starters that just need to put it all together, you know. Um I am really, really uh, looking forward to seeing how Siebert responds. I know he had a strong summer. Again, his velo is up to 92 to 93. Um, 
I know Mink's been struggling with command a little bit in the fall, but I know he'll sure that up. I, he's he's an absolute dog on the mound, and um, Madonna and Gailey are going to be uh, competing for that third spot. And I, I I really see Madonna getting it. I love Gailey in the midweek, um, and uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic is is how I'll say it. I think our bullpen could be light years better than it was last year. We really need to focus on walks. We cannot be giving bags away, especially with our conference getting better, you know, with the recent realignment. We're adding teams that are going to come in and ball out the gates, you know, uh, UTSA, uh, Charlotte, Rice, you know, perennially, those are pretty, those are pretty stout teams. So um, we've got to limit you know, the preventable errors, you know, um, and the one way that I would say we need to capitalize on that is, is decreasing that walk number. Yeah. I think that is going to be a point of emphasis. And I think, I think that we, we will see improvement in that, in that realm. Also, I mean, think about coach mole as a, the, um, pitching coach. Now his, his pitching staffs, in like 2017, for example, when I mean that was a really efficient pitching staff. They weren't really giving away anything, you know, for free. And um, I think even him as a pitcher, when Coach Mole was a pitcher in college, that was one of his strongest attributes was control. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think I think it definitely will be a point of emphasis because not only not only that, but we have a really athletic defense behind the pitchers and. To, as as a pitcher on this team, you should feel confident about, you know, balls in play that are going to be recorded as outs because we have up the middle dynamic athletes, um, the corners are, are a lot of athletic options. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting to monitor that for sure. All right, so we're going to kick it to our next segment. Uh, this segment we want to to break out kind of like the our takes on the upcoming season into into themes so we have three different categories we have the, the lock it in where we're like this is 100 locked in we have jury is out which is what are we not sure about and then we have our bold predictions which is just going on a limb and and, and saying what we think is going to happen so i'll kick it off with the lock it in so for me there's only a few things that are really for sure with this team. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, we all, it's good to have some, uh, some questions and, and, and the upside of things that you don't even know about yet. But what I would say for sure is this team is going to be anchored up the middle by Eric Snow and Bobby Bozer. I think that is solidified. These guys are bonafide stars at the college level. Um, obviously they have to go out there every day and back it up every single day, but that's what they've done so far in their careers. And they're very motivated to continue to do that. Uh, especially with Bobby being in a, in a draft eligible season. Um, so I'm excited for, for, for the two of them. And I think another thing that's locked in is obviously Drew Butcher is going to be an anchor of this lineup. He's started every game that he's been healthy since, since he came here as a freshman, put up a near 1000 OPS as a freshman, which 
was unheard of. So, you know, what the, the capability of what he could achieve as a senior is, is, is really high. So we're excited about that. And I think the third thing that I would lock in for sure is that I feel like this rotation is going the starting, the starting pitching rotation is going to be, to be led by all conference uh, pitcher, Jack Sieber. I think he's going to be a, Friday night, you know, guy. And I'll also throw something in here too, is I think another thing I feel really confident about is that Lawson Gailey is going to be a really good starting pitcher from, for the whole season, because as a freshman last year, I want to say he had the lowest or second lowest ERA on the team. Um, So he, he's someone I feel really confident about. Um, But those are kind of my, my, my locks for the upcoming season. And, um, yeah, so I I I I I wanted to talk about the locks. I'm gonna let the the jury is out segment be kicked to 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 John. So what 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 are you thinking for that? Um, I would go ahead and start with the uh the three positions that have kind of been musical chairs of sorts for us in the past few seasons. Um. One of my questions is one of the biggest question marks for me is uh, who's going to lock down the catching position. Um, I, I I have a hunch. I think it'll be uh, Monke. Uh, the dude's tearing the cover off the ball. So, I mean, he's definitely going to earn a spot in the lineup, but I think having some congruency behind the plate, you know, is not only big for him, but as we kind of like we talked about with Mayo, knowing his everyday spot is there, but also for the pitching staff as well. Um getting that everyday catcher behind the plate and building that relationship day in and day out or continuing to build on that relationship is huge. And he's, he's a big body. He's got a great arm. Um, So I would say the catching position is a big question mark because it's been a position of concern, you know, um, a little bit. So uh, as well as the catching position, I, I think that we're going to see multiple names at uh, first base, um, I've heard a few names floating around. Two of the biggest ones I've heard are Rosenblum and Betancourt. I would, I would really love to see what uh, Betancourt could do as an everyday first baseman. He's got more size. Uh, I can't speak for his, his athleticism because Rosenblum is a freak athlete himself, but um, I like a big body at first base. He's a switch hitter and he, he hits for power and for average. He's got a good eye at the plate and um, when he's had his chances, he's flashed really, really good de- defensive potential. Um, another question mark for me is who's going to, who's going to man down left field. You know, um, I know, uh, Bro- Brody, my, uh, Brodeal has been, uh, struggling a little bit with injury. So, um, we have some Juco transfers, some pretty talented underclassmen as well that could, uh, compete for that position. So, um, a question mark or jury still out on, on those three positions for me, uh, first base, left field and catcher. Um, I think that either way we're going to be stout, but, um, jury still out for me. And, uh, also just as we all know, I think the biggest, the elephant in the room is the pitching staff. You know, it's, we've got a, we've got enough potential to fill three rooms, but it's just, um, we, we've been struggling with walks, you know, and um, I'd like to I would really like to see our starters get deeper into these games, man, because if you looked at our games last year, most of the runs we were giving up came in innings three through six. You know, those middle innings where our starters were getting two and two thirds to three and a third. And, and then we're depending on 
throwing everything but the kitchen table at the teams out of our bullpen and and in baseball any given day like you don't know what can happen so you can't have you can't you can't depend on your bullpen having shut down performances night in night out i would really like to see our starters um be established i want to i want a weekend rotation i want every single team that comes to tampa i want them to know who they're going to face and shake in their damn boots because we have the staff to do it and um i i also, the back end, uh, you, you talked about um, Chandler. I, I, really, I really think that he's going to be our closer, but because um, he's hitting, he's maintaining 95 to 97 um, throughout the fall. Um, he showed so much freaking poise last season. Uh, struggled a bit towards the end, but um, that's neither here nor there. I, I, I mean, he's a freshman, he was a freshman. So, I really, I, I really want to see what the back end of our rotation is going to look like. Cause I think, you know, uh, we know Valini's going to be probably our main piece at, as a lefty coming out of the bullpen because we don't have a whole lot of left-handed pitches in the bullpen. Um, but, and also obviously Tanner Mink, uh, I've got his name tatted on my chest, uh, Love the minks, um, and I, I, I just think he's going to have another great year. But um, there are some question marks, notably in the in the pitching uh, amongst the pitching staff, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out because I want to be right. <laughs> and I, prove me right, fellas. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, I'm gonna kick uh, the next segment to Adam, and we're gonna talk about bold predictions. So, what do what do you got? Okay, I got two. You want me to go both of them right? Yeah, give me, give me, go back and forth. Give right. me both. Give me both. So uh, I both. got one. One is a team bold prediction, uh, and, and one is going to be a player. So I'm going to start with the player bold prediction, and we foreshadowed this one a little bit earlier in the podcast. But I mentioned uh, Drew Brutcher and his 34 home runs. Uh, that is 21 home runs shy of the career home run lead for USF. That 21 number is also the single season home run record uh, for USF. So my bold prediction is Drew's going to have a, a huge season and he's going to leave here as both the career and single season home run leaders. Look, it's a huge jump, you know, from his, for his season, right? Season high is 13. He's done it twice. I think it's important to note that those first two years were marred with injuries. Uh, this last season was his first full season. There were some stretches there where, where things weren't going as, as planned. But then you also you saw there were games where I, I can't remember the game it was. I think it was a midweek. But it just felt like when Drew was, was batting, it was a series, actually. He was either going to hit a home run or they weren't going to throw a pitch even close. And that was what was going to happen. And, and and I think we're going to see that. I think he's going to get some protection in the lineup in the form of Snow and Bozer. Uh, Rose, I think, steps up and, and kind of adds a piece to that. And I think there's a few others we haven't talked about today that's going to, going to break up. And, again, that's just going to give him the protection in the lineup to where at some point you're going to have to pitch to him. You're going to have to throw it in the zone. Uh, and, again, I think he breaks out and, and, and he does it. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm rooting for it, watching for it. Uh, Really, really, really looking for that. As far as the team goes, um, this one, this one might, might, might get some, some traction. But 
I believe we're going to go into Greenville, North Carolina and beat the East Carolina Pirates in, in their home, in their home. And that's a huge statement because they're the, you know, they're the crown kings of the conference. And it's not, I'm not really questioning that, you know, I'm not saying we're going to, we're going to win the regular season title, but I, I think, and, and when you look at last season, you know, I think they, they, they got us most of the, I think it was one and five uh, around that, but uh, we played them tough in a few of those games. Um, I think them sending us home in the tournament last year is going to leave a little bad taste in a few of the players' mouths. I think they're going to want to go in and win that one. Uh, I think that the, the game itself between us and them has kind of turned into a little conference rival. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think that's going to kind of play into that as well. And uh, I think the Bulls are going to march right up into Greenville and, and come out with a series win. I love that. Love that. The thought of that is very exciting. Elating. It is. It is. It's a great feeling just thinking that that could happen. And it could happen. So I like that, Adam. I like that. Thanks for planting that that seed in everyone's heads. Appreciate that. And and great stat pull with Brooks. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, uh, that was great stat. To me, it feels like destiny. Going to, the, going to the year with 21 as the individual mark and as the mark you need for the career mark as well. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, I have I have one bold prediction. It's I don't think it's that bold, but it kind of is. Um, I think that we are going to ramp up our stolen base production and efforts. Um, last year, we finished last in the conference in stolen bases with 37. And conference leader East Carolina had 93. So you can't tell me that ECU's players are three times as athletic or fast or it just doesn't really make sense. And I also think that another reason I believe that the stolen base efforts and production is going to go up is because when we made that little run in the conference tournament in Clearwater this past spring, uh, yeah, last season, a big part of that was teams started getting more aggressive on the base pass. I mean, I would say like 20% of the stolen base attempts for the season came in that one week. Um, and look what happened. We, we ended up beating some really good teams. Um, we have very athletic players. Um, it's to me, I believe that we will certainly not finish last in the AAC in stolen bases. To me, that, that would shock me. Um, so yeah, that's what I got on that. Um, so those are ask one, let me have one not so bold prediction that it just needs to be said uh, for all of our listeners. We are going to march into Blovito, Florida, and take care of our little sister, and we are going to sweep Central Florida Community College. Form, I mean, I guess they're known as lowercase UCF, but uh, the Golden Knights are going to be punished. That new head coach has zero idea what's coming, but we're going to educate him. Real quick, sweep and blow veto. Love that. Love that. Bring your broom. Bring your broom. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll kick the last segment here to to John. Um, he wanted to provide us with an update on the Pro Bowls, the USF baseball alumni that are currently playing in either the minor or major leagues. So, kick it over to you. 
Um, this is a section that I would like to kind of keep it rolling as the season goes on um, to, you know, kind of keep track with some of the players. But um, I just went over, I, I've got some of the more notable names um, that are in the minors and majors as of now. Um, if I miss any of you guys, go ahead and uh, fill in as you see fit. Uh, most notably, um, Shane McClanahan. Um, he went down with a UCL tear and this August, this past August, he, he had Tommy John. So unfortunately he will be missing the 2024 season. Um, I have zero doubts that he's going to return to Cy Young form as soon as he's back. We wish him nothing but a speedy recovery. Hey, and if you got a little extra time, just come check out some USF games, Shane. You will be well received, my boy. Uh, second, I've got, uh, Jimmy Herget. Um, relief pitcher for the Angels. He used to play for Texas as well. Crafty righty guy. Um, struggled last year. Um, he was going up and down between majors and minors. Um, last season, I believe he had a 4.66 ERA with a FIP of 5.63 in comparison to a career 3.47 ERA and a career 3.99 FIP. Uh, his whip, his whip was also 1.41, and he allowed 65% of his inherited runners to score. So I, I, I would really like to see him uh, establish himself somewhere. And I don't know that he ends up with Angels, to be honest. He could end up with another organization, but um, I do, I do like his stuff. He's and you don't see enough crafty righties. Uh, I, I never threw a touch over 86. So I, I know what it's like to have to be crafty from throwing, throwing righty, but uh, there's a reason I'm on a podcast and not on the field. Uh, I, I, I have faith that he'll, he'll turn it around, though, because everything on, in his arsenal moves freaking 10 inches. So um, look for him in the Angels lineup this, this year, um, either in AAA or in the show. Um, one I'm really excited to talk about is uh, Orion Kirkring. Um, his his mom is like one of the biggest USF baseball fans. So what up, Miss Kirk? Um, he flew through the minors um, at every at every level. He dominated um, his his rookie year last year. Um, he or his debut year. He was the Paul Owens award recipient uh recipient uh which goes to the top minor league pitcher and position player in the Phillies organization um which is obviously very notable um and as I said earlier he just blazed through all three levels uh I pulled a quote from the Phillies manager Rob Thompson um he's saying I'd like to see him win a bullpen job this year uh he's he's way up on my list with where he stands in the bullpen. I like his stuff. I like his build. And I think he will be a big part of things moving forward, including this year in the minors. He posted a in 60 and two thirds innings. He had a 12.8 K to nine ratio with 86 strikeouts and 13 walks, 1.78 ERA whip of 0.93. And then in the majors, uh, and, and when he made his debut just before the postseason, um, he posted a 3.0 ERA in three innings, only giving up one earned. And he actually, I think we we're all really excited to see him playing in, in, uh, in late September, October, playing in the uh, wild card 
<clears throat> he made a NLDS appearance as well as NLCS, and he didn't give up an earned run in the postseason until the NLCS. And uh, he only gave up two uh, all postseason and five and a third innings pitch. So um, got a lot of close friends that are Phillies. I follow them pretty closely. And uh, as you all know, I collect baseball cards. So I will be looking out heavy for that. Orion Kirk, uh, Bowman first or rookie card next year. But I just think that uh, I'm really excited to follow him next year. I think he's going to steal a spot out of the uh, out of camp in the bullpen and possibly even their closer because they really don't have an established closer in Philly. Uh, Peter Strzelecki, uh drafted by Milwaukee, traded to Arizona late last season. Um, you can look for him to be bouncing between our – you can look for him to be in the the bullpen uh, in Arizona next year. Unfortunately for them, they did lose to my Rangers in, in the uh, World Series, so hopefully they get over that never. But um, <laughs> he's uh, he's actually had some pretty good uh, pretty good stats uh, career wise last year. He took a little bit of a dip, but um, he's got a career ERA of three point six three and uh, with a FIP of three point four eight. Um, decent or last year was actually pretty good. It was 2.94 FIP with a 2.83 ERA. So he, he uh, was looking pretty decent. Uh, I, I've got three more here uh, switching over to position players. Uh, Coco Montes, I was able to see his debut in Denver. Um, man went berserk opening weekend against the Angels. Um but uh, he's second baseman for Colorado. I do not see him starting at the major league level. I think he will be in AAA. Um, but small sample size, he, he, he batted a touch below 200. Um, I, he had a couple bombs, and uh, his uh, slugging percentage was around 560. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him climb the ranks. Uh, David VR, third baseman for the Giants, um, also kind of had a down season in a small sample size, a little bit more, a little bit bigger of a sample size than Coco, but, um, his OPS was 550 and batted 145 on the season. I see him starting in AAA and, um, the one I'm most excited to talk about just because of, uh, his impact for the, just the university and how his family still just you know, comes out to every game and is so supportive. Um, I want to talk about Carmine Lane. He was drafted as a catcher and made his debut with the FCL Marlins. Um, and in his first really kind of full season of work, you know, he um, – the power hasn't come around yet. I don't think he's got a career home run yet. And I think anybody listening to this knows that that power is going to come. Um, the dude's a bulldog. He's a freak, one of the best athletes I've ever seen. Um, and the position switch, you know, that's a lot to handle, but in saying that dude still hit 345 with an OPS close to 900. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do because when he made that switch to catcher, it just kind of made sense in my head. I did. It, it was, it was crazy to hear, you know, but cause I never, we never saw him play a single inning at catcher. So when we heard that, I was just like mind blown. I was like, what the heck is going on? But um, from everything that I, I'm hearing both from his parents and Carmine himself, when he made a couple of appearances at the 
at the games last season, he said that he's loving the position change. He, I know he's working with some former USF Bulls, uh, just getting working on, on, on the side when he's off. And you know his work ethic is second to none. So I, I really think that Carmine Lane could end up in double-A AA or triple-A this year if, if, if he has a good season. Double-A is probably more accurate. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think um, I think part of the reason he spent probably the whole year last year at the Rookie League was because he is learning a new position. Mm-hmm. But I think now that he proved uh, that his bat is at a high level and he probably has now had enough time adapting to that position. So, um, yeah, I, I look for him to start maybe the season in, in low A. Um, that's what I would hope. And uh, that'd be great because if he proves himself there, you know, you really could start ramping yourself up pretty quick um, as we saw Kirk Green doing with, with, the, with Philly. So, yeah, pretty exciting. Great update, John. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, other than that, I think that is all we had for the show today. Um, unless you guys have anything else. I actually was able to catch up with uh, DC earlier today. Um, oh, yeah? And I was asking him how everything's going over there. Um, he's uh, continuing uh, to, you know, adjust and get used to the new batting stance, get more upright, less wide. Um, and he's really growing into that swing. Um, he feels like he defensively he's sound and um, he is he's going to be competing you know, there's a lot, it's Tallahassee, you know, so there's competition everywhere in multiple, at multiple different levels. But um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see the possibility of him, you know, earning a major role on one of the perennial powerhouses of uh, baseball here in, in the United States. It, it, I mean, FSU is very good and I cannot wait to see it in person. Um, well, another bold prediction, I think we, we, Take at least one. I think we play. Is it a home and home against FSU, or do we? I think we just. Games? I think we just go there. Just once, okay. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna win extra innings. Walk. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna get it in the tenth. Yeah, I would love to see us. You know, win that game late. Uh, Cantu could have a home run, maybe. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a solo shot, so it doesn't impact anybody's ERA too much. Um, and uh, we all yeah. love DC, so I figured uh, <laughs> I'd tell y'all. He wanted, he wishes everybody the best, says horns up and and uh good luck this season. So uh we will also wish him we're wishing him all the luck in the world. Uh what up, Mr. and Mrs. Cantu, how you guys doing? Um and hopefully uh hopefully his success continues because he is probably the best athlete I've ever seen wear green and gold and an even better person. So awesome. That's a good way to good way to cap it off. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate uh, y'all joining tonight, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. All right. Cool.